Okay, let's begin Parsha's bow, Tav Shin Ayin Ches, as we get into the first Parsha, really, with many, many mitzvos, 20 mitzvos here in Parsha's bow. We haven't had a Parsha like this since the end of Sefer Dvarim, but now we are into Parsha's bow, and we start off the Parsha of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. We know the next uh, couple of weeks are defining Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, and then we have Maimed Harsinai, Kriyas Yamsuf, and Maimed Harsinai. There's a lot on the horizon in these parshios, so we start off with these Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim uh, this week. Uh, we start off with Moshe Rabbeinu. The uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu, the godless of Moshe Rabbeinu, again, can be spoken about in many, many contexts. We'll start with the Pasuk, Perak Yud Aleph, by Yom HaShem Moshe. Towards the end of the Makos Now process, we'll get back to Makos Choshech soon, but first we'll start off with a thought about Moshe Rabbeinu. I have one more, one more maka, right? Makas b'choros. When they send you they will send you totally, totally out. Tell the am what to do. The Hashem gave the favor of the nation. They kind of. Uh, the, the Jews were liked, so to speak. We'll get back to that. Moshe Rabbeinu also, he was great in the eyes of the servants of Paro and in the eyes of the of the Am. What is the Pasuk emphasizing here about the uniqueness and godless of Moshe Rabbeinu? There are many Psukim in the Torah that talk about the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu. Right, we have the most uh, expansive discussion of the uniqueness of Moshe Rabbeinu. But here too, Gamo Ish Moshe Gadomaod Be'eretz Mitzrayim. In the eyes of the Avdi Farda Eni Ha'am. So there's a thought that said, uh, by both the two of the Yachronim, Hadrash Ha'iyun and the Meshachachma. But we'll start with the Drash Ha'iyun and then we'll move, and then we'll move over. Source number one. Musage Ha'amon. The following ideas apply usually to people. When it comes to the value, the um, recognizing the maila of people, when people appreciate uh, certain public figures, not everybody thinks the same way. And not every part of the tzibur views all public figures in the same way. Line three. The alpiharov gam yashunu v'yipardu. Esa sheyikrav v'yiromeim ha-hamon yarchiku v'yashpilu elu. The upper class of society, let's say, if the upper class focuses on certain individuals and think they're amazing and think they're wonderful and they really connect to those people, so then other classes of society might lower them and distance them. Those that are pushed down by the upper class of society. Maybe the proletariat and most of the Hamon Am will think they're amazing. Right, so there are very few. You know, most most of the time, you know, you think about any public figure, there is some part of society that love them and some parts of society that can't stand them. Pamim Rabos, Anuroim, we see. Kiyala Biadish Lurchoshlois Leif Hamon. We'll see somebody who grabs the heart of the nation. Asher Yitzayaritsehu Vichabdu Vakapaim Su, they clap, they give him covid. Vanashim Hachachamim Anachonim Bozyavuzulo. But the upper class look down like this guy? 
This guy you really you're, you're giving cover to? Ubulagya bitu Allah. Kibem is never umidas. He's really a fool. He's not so smart. He just speaks nicely. He has a great way of talking. On the opposite, sometimes there's somebody that's so smart and so high that the Am doesn't even appreciate him. We have somebody who's such a tzaddik, such a chacham, such a leader. He knows all the different types of wisdoms. The greats give him covet and come to his feet to study by him. And the Hemonam, they don't, they don't focus on him. Lo Yove, Velo Yishma, Elav. Right? The question is, now we come to the greatest leader in the history, our history, and that's Moshe Rabbeinu. What is this Pasuk telling us? He was loved by all. He was recognized as a great leader from the upper class to the lower class. Even the Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu was liked by the, what does the Pazak say? Avdei Paro, the servants, the upper class, those advisors, and the Enei Ha'am. Moshe Rabbeinu had this magic to him that wherever he went, and we've had a few of these types of people, right? Yosef HaTzadik, right? He found Chain in the eyes of the jail keepers, in the eyes of Aisha's Potiphar, in the eyes of everybody from top to bottom. But again, nobody was like Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was unique. He was Mechubari. It's all Kala Shedros. Those who are in the upper class, Hagdolim Shebaam, Hayoshvim Rishon Abamalchos, those who are close, and also all of those those two types of people the upper and the lower they all came together to give covid and to recognize the greatness of Moshe Rabbeinu the Meshachachma says the same idea but he just emphasizes the order of the recognition the order of the recognition how who recognized Moshe's greatness first how did it happen and how does it usually happen? Says the Meshachachim in his classic style. Source number two. How do people usually get famous? Right, we could put this in our day and, uh, and try to put it in our terms. You know, how does a video go viral? Right, how do you all of a sudden get a million hits on something? Right, where does it start? Does it start with the Hamon Am and they spread it? Or does it start with the Chachamim Unavonim and they spread it? It depends what the person does. It depends what is making this leader uh, great. Yesh no mishnei panim. Two ideas. O me otsem ha-chachma shel ha-nichbad umidosav ha-elokiyot v'anagaso ha-nifla'a One way what might grab a person and might define a person is his inherent attributes, his wisdom, his his midos, what makes him great. Or what if he's a miracle worker? What if he does amazing things? We don't know anything about him, but we know what he could do. People that could do things that are so wild, outside of the natural realm. You think of him as a godly. So a great person can be great because of who he is or what he does. So who grabs onto the who he is and who is attracted to what he does? 
Hine, same idea. The one who has inherent value, inherent wisdom and attributes. Obviously, the Chachamim, those who are in the know, recognize greatness. If there's greatness from within, that's first recognized by other great people and other wise people. They know how to give honor to his wisdom. They see with a penetrating eye his midos. Once the great, the wise, the gedolim recognize then it spreads to the Hamonam. But if you have an unbelievable tzaddik, so it's very often, it could be that the great tzaddikim recognize that he's a tzaddik. And once all the other tzaddikim say, then all of us recognize, oh, I guess he's a tzaddik, if all the great tzaddikim think that he's a tzaddik, and that's the order that it spreads in. Ulam. What about the opposite? What if somebody's great because of his miracles, because of his unbelievable feats? So who appreciates him first? That's something for the masses. The masses love miracles. They love unusual, amazing, incredible <coughs> feats. Ulama isha mechubad mitzad puulosav hazaros vahaniflos. Someone who is honored and unique because of the unusual actions that he does. Who yeholelt who yuhulatchila min hahamon. Then the hamonan will focus on him first. Asher be'inayim betuchos yachshavu leloki. They'll think he's godly. They'll think he'll have he has some unusually god-given talent. Bilti TV. The etaplu olav shkarimu pliozaros, and they'll start talking about him how amazing he is. And you have to see this, and you're not going to believe it. And then the ones who aren't um, shocked and always looking for the unusual, they'll be they'll be brought in. Good. So what about Moshe Rabbeinu? Why was he famous? Why was he made amazing in the eyes of everyone? Really, he had both. He was obviously the most perfect individual, the closest you could get to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. doesn't mean that he didn't make mistakes, but it was the closest that any human being could get to Hashem, on the one hand, but he also, Pile Plaim, right? He did amazing miracles, right? The first three, fine, were caused by Aaron, but Moshe was the man in charge. Hine, Moshe Nikra Ish Elokim, line 22. Everybody knew that he had some special connections to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right, he went up to Shemaim, he didn't eat for 120 days and nights. And he had control, right, he was the one, the first one that stopped the sun and the moon, right, before Yehoshua, Chazal tell us. He lifted up his hands and wild animals came. Later on, he lifted up his hands and they won the war against Amalek. He could do amazing things. Right? Amazing things. And therefore, they, even the Egyptians recognize Etzbe Elokim. Amru, line nine in the next column. What did we say earlier in the, in the, uh, the beginning of the parak? Beginning of the parsha? How long is this? Who's the Zeh? Doesn't even say Ish. He's not a man. He's, uh, something else. They, they, they recognize that Moshe Rabbeinu is, is different. They call him a Zeh. And therefore, that's one thing that Moshe Rabbeinu has. But obviously, he is perfect in Midos and perfect in, in all the others. And a Rachman, and he goes out and he feels for his fellow Jews and he kills the Egyptian. Thinking of others. This is the ultimate man. On the one hand, he's, on the one hand, he's not a man. 
On the other hand, he's the ultimate perfect man. Nobody else is worthy to be called man. And mitzad, this element, not his wonders, but his perfection, the nobles recognize who he is. And through that, then it goes to the others. So what's going on in our Pasuk? This is all background. What does our Pasuk say? Gamo ish Moshe gadol ma'od. So ha'ish Moshe, when we're focusing on the ish Moshe, meaning not the one who's a zeh, the miraculous sign, but the ish, the one who is inherently amazing, so first who recognize him? Be'ene avde Pharaoh. That's first. And then who be'ene ha'am. She's parsem avde parokodim yacharkak laha'am vehavein. But we have to recognize Moshe Rabbeinu had both of these. We have to recognize what draws us, what makes people popular, right? Is it just what they do or who they are? And if we want to be our own leaders, we have to make sure we focus not only on what we do, but maybe even more importantly, what we are and who we are and how we, and how we define ourselves. Okay, let's go back to Makas Choshech. Choshech, Arbe, the first two Makos here in the Parsha, as we finish up the ten, we have the last three. Simple question that many don't ask. We all know, we all learned when we were very young that Makas Choshech, the Egyptians couldn't even move. Whatever position they were in, that's the position they stayed in forever. If they were standing for those three days, they stood. If they were sitting, they, they, uh, they sat. Says the yamim. For three days, the Pasuk says in Pasuk Chav Gimel, right, they didn't move. It was Choshech Afelo, we discussed in the past, the uh, discussion in the Rishonim that whether darkness in general, Ramban Ala Torah talks about this in Bracious, is darkness in general the absence of light or is darkness a creation, a positive creation uh, in and of itself? It's not just l- missing something. And the Ramban quotes Adaya that even if you want to say normally it's the absence of light, Makas Choshech was something positive. It was a thick fog, so to speak. We can't even describe it. We don't even know the words to describe it. But it was something positive. And the Egyptians couldn't even move for three days. Question. Did the Egyptians eat during those three days? They couldn't move. So is this just an example of they 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 didn't eat? And, right, uh, there's a shvua. There's a halachis of hilchas uh, shvuas and, and nedarim. That if somebody makes a shvua, that they're not going to eat for three days. Okay, but not more than that. Sleeping, but eating... So what did Mitzrayim do? The Nitziv deals with this question. Says the Nitziv. Perak Yud Aleph, Pasik Beis. Says the Nitziv. And the Pasik, the Pasik right before the one that we just spoke about with Moshe Rabbeinu. Right before, right after Makas Choshech. What does it say? Moshe, tell the Am. Everybody should ask from their friend. And every woman should ask from her friend, Right, right after Makas Choshech, Taberna. Speak to them. Go tell them to ask. What is this referring to? We know Rashi quoted a few psukim earlier that um, um, they, they went through during Makas Choshech to see to see whether, where all of the treasures of the Mitzrayim were, were kept. Rashi quoted, So they knew. So right here, the Torah tells us that go, they're supposed to go ask the Mitzrayim to take some things out. Were they friends? Re'ehu usually in the Torah means a fellow Jew. That's usually what Re'eu, Re'eu even excludes, the Gemara says Re'eu excludes Hektish, 
Re'eh excludes uh, other uh, other items, right? Other categories. So, were the Egyptians, would you call them Re'ehu to B'nai Yisrael? V'yishalu ish me'es Re'ehu? Ask the Nitziv in source number three. La'el ksiv, earlier, what does it say? In the earlier Pasik, V'sha'ala isha, when it's promised what they're going to do, it doesn't call them friends yet. V'sha'ala isha mishchenta umigaraz beisa. Sha'az, what is it? There it just says, ask from a neighbor. Sha'az ha'yu advarim she'yatsu miyad. V'lo ha'isa hisro a'us li'yisrael. From the word re'ya. Imachi mitzrayim. Rakim shchenos. Originally, the Egyptians were not friends of the Jewish people. Right? As we spoke about the last couple of weeks. Aval suggested it's if kasher Allah Twelve months, a year. The Makas took a year. From Arov, they connected. They weren't Sadiqim, but there was more of a relationship between the Mitzrayim. They see what's happening. They see the writing on the wall. They've already been through half the Makos. They already see it. Velo Ode and continues. Right, you see even just at the bottom, the bottom is from the earlier Pasuk in last week's parsha. When Moshe Rabbeinu promises when the Makkah is going to start, They trusted, they ran to Goshen to be with some Jewish neighbors. And they befriended them, the Mitzrayim that ran there. Remember, the whole point of the Makos was to bring the Mitzrayim to a recognition. Ki Lashem Haaretz, Ki Kamoni Bechal Haaretz, all the different uh, psukim. Back to the Nitziv here. Velo Od, what else brought the friendship? Not, I wouldn't say friendship, connection. I don't know if they would be called friends, even though Re'ehu. Re'ehu means someone you identify with. Someone who you're connected to on some level. Says the Nitziv, Velo Od, El Shabamakas Choshech, Shalokamo Ishbi Tachlev, Shaloshayamim, Heich Hisanu Kulam Gimoyamim. How they fast for three days. Ella Yisrael. Shahayu Arbimoshvosam Hoshitu Lahem Mazon Ukachal Hahechrachi. Amazing to think about. The Jews fed the Egyptians during the Makas Choshech. They didn't want them to die. They weren't told to die. So they fed them. They went and they fed. Imagine how the Mitzrayim felt after the Jews at that point. And now it puts into a whole new light when after after uh, Choshech, before Makas Bacharos, all the right, even earlier, around this time, everybody's going to Paro, let them out. What are you crazy? And the firstborns especially, because they realize who the Jewish people are. And maybe by this time, again, the whole Kurabarzal is a process of refining who we are. And now we appreciate what does it mean that Bnei Yisrael are commanded to take Ishmei Esrei Ehu? They are Re'ehu. Right? They are rec- uh, recognized by the Mitzrayim. They have found Chain, not just Moshe Rabbeinu, who as we spoke about at the beginning, but also all of Am Yisrael has found Chain in the Enei. Rabbi Yitan Hashem has Chain Ha'am Be'enei Mitzrayim. So it's something that um, even before they left, right, they reached the level that they were in awe. B'nei, the Mitzrayim respected us. Right, if we spoke last week, or two weeks ago really, how Paro's plan was to dehumanize and to say that the Jewish people are not worthy of being humans and not worthy of living and Jewish blood is cheap. And we spoke last week how Dafka, that's why water became dam and not just bitter water. And if we think that's what 
how it started. So right before the end here, Hashem has brought us back and showed the Mitzrayim that we are the people that you could call people. We are the most refined. We are the ones who people caused us to suffer for over 200 years, and yet we would feed them. Because that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants from us. And we know and we trust that we're going to go out soon. So we don't need to let them die. But this is the plan. So we've gone full circle how they treated us and how exactly HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to be viewed by them. Okay. Paragud base. Rashi, the beginning of the Torah, tells us this is where the Torah should start. So though we've been dealing with Sefer Bracious and a lot of other stories for the last couple of months... We're finally at the place where Rashi says, okay, this is the place where the Torah should have started. Says the Torah, Vayomar Hashem al Moshev al Aron, Ve'eretz Mitzrayim, Lemar. Hashem says to Moshe and Aaron, the first mitzvah we received on a national level. Here it is. This is the month. Kiddush HaChodesh. The mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh. And right after Kiddush HaChodesh, that's one Pasuk. One Pasuk of Kiddush HaChodesh. Right after that, we go right into all of the Pesach mitzvos, mostly carbon Pesach. But all the Pesach mitzvos, shechita, and put the blood, and matzah, and I'm gonna, all the, and iser, all the Pesach mitzvos. Question one. What's the connection? Obviously, okay, you might say, Kiddush HaChodesh, we need to have a calendar to know when Pesach's gonna be. Okay. Hashem could have also told us when Pesach was gonna be that year. But, Ask the Ber Yosef, is there a specific connection between the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh and the mitzvah of Karban Pesach? And do those relate to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? How do those introduce Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Ask the Ber Yosef, line number one, in source number four. The whole parak is about carbon Pesach. What exactly? How does Kiddush HaChodesh introduce that? What is it about about this um, this mitzvah? There are many that talk about the symbolism of Kiddush HaKodesh Bechlau and its connection to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. The, the Svarno that we mentioned a number of years ago, right? Kiddush HaKodesh symbolizes time, right? Being an Eved means I'm not in control of my time. Being free means I make my own decisions, what I do with my time. That's Kiddush HaKodesh. As we become free, we have to recognize that we are the um, owners of our time. That was the Svarno. Mikan ve'elach yu achadashim. You don't have it in front of you. I'm just reading it. Mikan ve'elach yu achadashim shalachem. La'asos berem kersonchem. Your months now are yours. Avu mi'ashi ben lo'hayim hem shalachem. But now it's yours. Ki bo hitchil mitziutchem ha'bechiri. Now you have a choice what to use time. So the Ber Yosef though is trying to see it in a larger context. How does the mitzvah of Kiddush HaChodesh connect to Karban Pesach and connect to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim? Question one. Question two, he asks on line seven, Maze shekafla ha-Torah be'inyin ha-siyas ha-Pesach, kama v'kama pa'amim es inyin ha-batim. The house plays a major role. Over and over again, we have the house. Right, right in the beginning. V'im yimat ha-bayis mihiyos miseh. If the house, means the family, but if it says the house, if there's not enough people in the house for one current Pesach, the first two psukim has the word bias four times. 
Right, and we continue um, a little bit later. Again, where do you put the blood? Al habatim. Asher yochlu also bahem. Put it on the house. You can't leave the house. And I'm going to pass over. We've used that pasuk just parenthetically in the past about the dam will be a raya to the batim, the base hamikdash, batim mikdash. Not for now. So why is houses tashvisu saor mi batechem? Right, a lot of house issues. So what's the focus? Says the Ber Yosef, it's all based on a medrash. One medrash is the secret of it all. Piece of a medrash, line eleven. We discussed this years ago in a Haggadah shir. Oh, Hanisa Elokim Lavol Akachas Lo Goy Mikerav Goy, Mal Goy Mikerav Goy. Going out of Mitzrayim is described in Dvarim, where we have the whole review of Jewish history, is described as a Goy Mikerav Goy, a nation taken out from another nation. It says the Medrash Kaadam Shu Shometas Haubar Mimei Behema, like a person that's trying to bring a baby a out of the mother's. Uh, womb. When we came out of Mitzrayim, it was like giving birth to a baby, says the Medrash. Okay. Or the, the, another day, I'll show you. We were inside. What exactly is the message? Line 21. When there's a baby inside, the baby is connected. Physically, the umbilical cord connects the baby to the mother. That's what we were in Mitzrayim. Right? We were connected. We were there for so long. So much culture. 49th level of Tumah. And even with Shaloshinu Hashmam Lashonim Abusham. Even so, we were so Shakua in Mitzrayim. V'hinei, says the Ber Yosef, you know, without, let's think about a time period, before there was an easy way to induce labor. How do you get the baby out? How do you get the baby out? It's pretty challenging. If the baby's not ready to come out, baby's not coming out. Right? If the labor didn't start yet, then you're kind of stuck. And you have to wait. While B'nai Yisrael were in Mitzrayim, Yitzhak's Mitzrayim wasn't possible yet. Hashem had to start the labor. Hashem had to start the process before he could then take us out. Right, a baby can only come out only when it's, when it's separated from the, start separating from the, from the, uh, from the mother. Only then can a doctor or a midwife then bring the birth. If the baby didn't start coming out yet, nothing to talk about. You try to get it, you try to stick your hand in and get it. It's dangerous. The mother's in danger, the baby's in danger. That's the T.S. Mitzrayim. The Medrash says it's like a birth. So what does that mean? Hashem had to start the labor because we were, we were connected. We were we were getting nourished even from Egyptian culture. Remember the Malachim? We were Arelim Kamosam, Magadli Blurios Kamosam, we had the long hair, Velachain. 
If Hashem wouldn't have started the process, we would have never been able to make it out. So all of the mitzvot that we received before we actually went out was part of separating, disconnecting, cutting the... See, we do it today, it's a little different. The baby's born and then you cut the umbilical cord. But to give the uh, exact muscle, you have to go and at least connect, disconnect the baby... And then the, and start the labor, and then the baby can be, um, removed. Bottom right, that's carbon Pesach. What's the first thing we're told? So much focus. Take the Egyptian god and kill it. And put it next to your bed, and realize that this is not your god. This is a servant. You use this to worship the real god. You use this to serve HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? That is a big disconnect. That's already separation more than anything. Carbon Pesach. And as we mentioned in the past, the Chizkuni, the Chizkuni that runs throughout the parak, that every detail of the Carbon Pesach, amazingly, is to, to show the Mitzrayim. Right? What do you do? You roast it. Why do you have to roast it? Why can't you cook it? Because when you have a barbecue, all the neighbors know what's, what's for supper. Right? You smell it. The smell wafts through the neighborhood. And you make it whole. You have to roast it whole. So nobody can guess that you're shechting, you're roasting something else. It's whole. And, you do a Ben Harbayim, you do it late in the afternoon when everybody's coming back from work. Right? Every detail of the Kerman Pesach is all about uh, showing them. And this is going to separate them. This is going to start the labor. This is going to separate the baby from the environment where they, which, in which he finds himself. They also worship the Tleh. To take it out of their hearts and their minds, as Rayon Avodazara Hamitris. Gam, what else? Nitztavu al Hamila. Why Dafka Mila? Because you have to have Mila in order to do Karma Pesach. But still, so why? Why do you need Brismila? Brismila is obviously it's it's symbolic of control of Taiva. What was Mitzrayim known as? Ervas Haaretz. It's known as the, the, the Makar of Arias, the capital of Arias, uh, of illicit issues in the world. Dafka, we need Mila to separate us. Os v'simin begufam, Yisraim. Right there, we're different. It says, we roast the Tleh. And you're not allowed to come, you're not allowed to eat a piece. They wouldn't. What if a Mitzri, even though it's his God, they smell it, they love it, oh, it's so good. I just can't just have a piece a little bit. No, no, no. A separate Isidar Isa. Non-Jews are not allowed to have a piece of Koran Pesach. Right, remember that Gemara in Pesachim Dav Gimel, where the, the Nachri uh, tried to fake, and he, he boasted to a Yudah Ben-Meseira, I eat from the Koran Pesach. He said, yeah, they give you from the tail. Right, and he set him up. But either way, Ben Nechar is not allowed. Dafka. The call Arelo Yochabo. In Arel, because you gotta be different. This carpet is about separating. Vratem Atem Levatchem, only you in your homes. Because you need to be in the house. You need to be separated from the whole environment. You have the mezuzos around, you put the blood there, and that will, and that will separate all of us. Vehine, line 28 now. Milvacha kolelo advarim, hein masias apesach, hein bofan achilaso. Umikopulos, and all of these, right, are, symbolize our separation. Hayu misumanim benikarim betziunim, shekolelu batei bnei yisolim. These are Jewish houses, and we are keeping these separate. 
then the Yitziah would be possible. So now we get back to Karban Pesach. Now we get back to Kiddush HaChodesh. So what about the calendar? It's not just the calendar. It's the lunar calendar. Right? The Egyptians, right, it says in ancient uh, sources, the sun played a major role. The Nile and the sun played a major role in Egyptian culture. And we are switching that. Kiddush HaChodesh is not just a calendar, but it's a different calendar. Why? Turning the page to the continuation. He quotes from a, another Sefer, the Nachlas David. As we know, the moon doesn't have its own independent light. It's just what it gets from the sun. It depends on its proximity and its direction and how it's facing. If it's in a certain way distant from the sun, then it shows its light. Then it could reflect. And if it turns towards the sun in a certain way, then we don't see the light. The further away that it goes in its orbit... So then maybe there's more light and we have to get further away from the Mitzrayim to start shining ourselves, to be able to be different from them. No, we are not from this world. We don't have our own independent light. Right, Yaakov took Olam Haba. We get all of our Hashpa'a from Olam Haba. We're like the moon reflecting the ultimate light. And the closer we get to it, we get to this world, then it's Tisma'it. The further we are, that is part of the plan. And that's HaKiddush HaChodesh. We have to have a separate calendar. A calendar that reflects the Mahus of who we are. And that is the connection of Kiddush HaChodesh. Lefi, reading just the end, line 15. Shekol advarim sheba'olam nesunim tachas hazman. Valachein nesavo reishis kol. Sheyeschil limnos valachshov cheshbona beminyan ubemispar chadosh mechodesh nisan. Lokefi mispar haumos. We have our own counting. And from our own event. From Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. To teach us we are separate. We are separate in a calendar. We are separate in beliefs. We are separate in, in, um, everything that we, that we believe in. Okay. Moving right along. Something very, something very unique. The Gemara tells us in Masech Sukkah, once we're talking about Kiddush HaChodesh and the sun and the moon, the Gemara in Sukkah says that eclipses are not good signs. Certain types of eclipses. Says the Gemara, you have it there, it's quoted in the beginning of source number six. Sukkah Chavtes, the end of the second parak. Taner Abanam. Bizman Shachama Loke Simen Ra If the sun is Loke, then it's a Simen Ra for the idol worshippers. Levana Loke Simen Ra Lasoni Hamsha Yisrael. The Levana were compared to the moon, so if the moon is eclipsed, then it's a Simen Ra to the Jews. Mibnei Shi Yisrael Monin La Levana Vodikachavim Lachama. O Bizman Shach Yisrael Osim Ritzono Shal Makom Eim Yisrael Mikalelu, and we follow Hashem's will, so then we don't have to be scared of any of this. Shenamar, and it quotes the pasuk in in uh, Yisha in Yirmiyahu Parak Yud pasuk uh, pasuk Beis. The Pazik tells us, um, They have to be nervous, but, but not you. Says Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, 
How is it? Famous Shaila, he says, Yadua Hashaila, second column. The eclipses are something natural. We could predict them. We could predict when the eclipse is going to be in a hundred years from now. Right? It's a science. So why is it a simonra? It's something that happens, you know, at a certain times in history, no matter whether we do something or we don't do something. Shahamaoras Lokin both and TV. Why is it such a simon ra? The, the solar, the lunar, these are all things. He doesn't ask it, but we might ask a similar question. What about a rainbow? A rainbow we could also explain as a, as a natural phenomenon when it's sunny and it's raining. So why is that a certain simon that the certain achronim say you're not supposed to show, we have to make a brach on it? Why are all these simonim if they're natural occurrences? Says Rabbi Yaakov, he was rather b- very bothered by this question in 1912. I was in my parents' house. There was a, uh, an eclipse that night. Looked it up, right, exactly, in 1912. It was April 1st and 2nd, between the 1st and the 2nd in 1912. There was supposed to be a partial lunar eclipse. And I knew the Gemara. I know how old he was. I knew the Gemara that says it's a bad sign for the Jews. On the night of the Seder, a bad sign. I can't believe this. And he was very upset. How could this be? This is Rabbi Yaakov in his Sefer and Yirmiyahu. I didn't tell my parents why I was upset, but I, I kept going outside. I was, I was just so, I couldn't, I was beside myself. The Gemara says, Simon Ra, the Seder was supposed to be happy like kings. But I went out to see it. It's just like, uh, you know, the interest. Why do I keep going outside? My father asked me. I didn't want to tell him. I didn't want to make him upset. But says Rabbi Yaakov, I went out a bunch of times, but I didn't see anything. Became cloudy. Became cloudy, so I didn't see anything. Uz tafasti. Then I recognized, I thought of Apshad in the Gemara. So what? That it's known from beforehand. The point isn't that it happens. We're human beings. The point is whether we see it. It's only a simon ra if we see it, said Rabbi Yaakov. You know what happened that night of the Seder? Of course, these are natural phenomenon and they're going to happen because the Kodesh Baruch set up a perfect world. The simon ra is if marim lanu asalikui, aval imen hashamayim, but if min hashamayim, there were clouds, and Hashem didn't let us see the likui, ki yom unan, then it's not a simon ra. Who cares what happens in shamayim? Who cares about something that we can't see? Ki mashinase bashamayim lo no lanu. Right? In halacha, in everything, it's always what you could see. If you can't see it, right, we can't see that there are billions of bacteria flying through the air in front of us that we're breathing, right? I would, doesn't matter, you can't see it. See, if you can't see it, it's not a simen ra. Could go in mashikara, so he says, that's what made him, made him, uh, give him nechama that night of the Seder many years ago, because he never saw it, he realized, that it was cloudy. And then he says, 
Barak, Mashamaramon, who could go in Mashakara, Bearabashkodish Elul, Tafri Shayindala, two two years later, in nineteen fourteen, Chama. That was a Liku Chama. That's the Ovdikochovim, that's not us. Malebi Itsumoshayom in the middle of the day, nineteen fourteen. A complete solar eclipse. Bishah one forty five Akharat Sarayim Sharak Shalosh Takot. He says in Europe, right, for three minutes, Kashra Shamaim Hayu Behirim. It was light all of a sudden like a pitch black. And my glasses, right, got blackened. Whoa. One of them burst from the, one of my lenses. He burst from the heat. The animals and the horses and the chickens. It was daytime and the animals were going crazy. They didn't know what was going on. That was a siminra. Because that was visible. Just because you know it's going to happen, that's not Simen Ra. So that is a fascinating suggestion from Rabbi Yaakov. Yeah, the Gemara talks about all of these things, but you have to know if it's visible. If it's visible, then there's something to talk about. If it's not visible, then it does not relate to us. Good. Let's get back to one of the halachos that we mentioned just a few moments ago. But um, let's see it inside. One of the details in Hilchos Carbon Pesach, Perak Yud Beis, V'yabar Shema Moshe V'yaron Zos Chukas HaPasach, Kol Ben Nechar Lo Yochal Bo. Any Ben Nechar is not allowed to take part in it. Any Ben Nechar. What does Ben Nechar mean? Rashi. Shen Nisnakru Ma'asav La'aviv Shabashamayim. Somebody whose actions are strange to his father in heaven, meaning he's a Jew who's not acting like a Jew. Even a Yisrael Mumar is excluded from this mitzvah. As Rav Mordechai Elio, in the Dere Mordechai, Bimkomos Rabim, in many, and I would say most places, Nitztavinu l'karev v'zachinu b'day Yisrael, harachokim me'atorav ha-mitzvos. We're always commanded to be makarev, to bring in those that are not yet or no longer following uh, Torah mitzvos, so there's so many symbolisms and objects that talk about our obligation to be makarev. We call We invite petanios Right? What do we say on Yom Kippur night? Right? The famous Chazal, the Ketores, the 11 spices, one of them is the Chelbana, symbolizing the Rishayim, even though it smells bad, you put them together. Arbas Haminim, the four Minim, the symbol, this one has Reach, this one has Reach Atam, and the Arava has neither. This is somebody's Dumos Rabos. And all of a sudden we come to Karan Pesach, Kol Ben Sorry, can't take part. Mumar, sorry, not this one. We don't have that by Tefillin. If a Mumar wants to put on Tefillin, it's fine. Mumar wants to put Ikar on Pesach? No good. We don't let him. Upela Hadavar. Yes, the Divrei Mordechai. B'may Shonem Mitzvah's Karman Pesach Mishar Mitzvah's HaTorah. Osananu Mitzvim L'lamei L'chol Yehudi Basher Hu. What is unique about the Karman Pesach that makes it different? So he has one suggestion, but maybe they can, one could suggest another one. Habir Hu, what's his idea? When do we, all of these symbolisms of Yom Kippur and Lulav and Dalad Minim, those are Maisa HaMitzvos. 
It's not purely physical pleasure. It's Maisa HaMitzvah. So there, Maisa HaMitzvah, you do the mitzvah, so there's a chance. Right? Why else would you be doing the mitzvah? Right? So even though a person's a mumar, they're doing the mitzvah. There's something objectively worth, um, worthy of doing the mitzvah. But if it's just about physical pleasure, the mitzvah, says the Mordechai then we wouldn't include him because he's just doing it for physical pleasure. He's not even doing it for the mitzvah. Dicker is eating a piece of meat. That doesn't show that you're, you're taking part really in the mitzvah that is l'shma of eating. Maybe you're just eating because you're hungry. You didn't eat lunch. Kara Pesach, though, through its eating, needs l'shma, and therefore the Torah says, you can't be involved. Okay, what about Shabbos? We invite people for Shabbos, we want to get them in order to then inspire them. Right, there are many mitzvahs, that's exactly how we get to people in our generation. You have to make it enjoyable in order to get them. Maybe there's another idea that one could suggest, and that is Karban Pesach, right, we had a Shabbos Hagodol Drasha about this a couple of years ago. Karban Pesach is all about emuna. That's the mahus of the mitzvah, right? We took the Egyptian god and sacrificed it and killed it and, and brought it for HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So maybe that's why the amumar, amumar, who's amumar Lashem, can't take part in the mitzvah. It's all about amunah Lashem. Right, that's, this is, this is what it's about. Just like, hey, he's going to take part in the mitzvah of Anoche Hashem Alokecha. He doesn't believe in Anoche Hashem Alokecha. How can he do anything related to Anoche Hashem Alokecha? So maybe that's the why. Dafka here. Because it's about Emuna, and until he expresses um, some connection to that Emuna, that's why it would be that's why it would be different, and we would not include him. Okay, we spoke. That's why the uh, it's the first the first uh, it's the anti avodah carbon. Right, the Meshachachma discusses this at length in Parshas uh, Bahaloscha, um, I think, where he discusses um, Pesach Sheni. And the idea that throughout history we see Karim Pesach is the anti Avodazar Karban. Chizkiyo Amelech during Yoshio, Yoshio Amelech during the Tshuva movement that he spurred on, he brought Karim, he was going to bring Karim Pesach even though it wasn't Pesach, a lot of anti Avodazar. Okay. Yudbeis Tesvav. Yudbeis, still talking about halachas of a Karim Pesach. Matzah. Pazik tells us about matzah. We have chametz, we have matzah, and we have ushmartem esam matzos pasuk yudzayin ki beetzam ayam azel tzeisi esibos chemeres b'tzrayim. Guard the matzos. We have a lot of chumras when it comes to matzah, and when it comes to Pesach in general. Right, matzah shmura, eighteen minutes, a lot of halachos. I think we mentioned this a number of years ago, but we'll have a number of other examples about this as well. It's a great story. They asked for Yisrael Salanter, the Talmidim. They were making the matzah, and they said, "Rebbe, Rebbe, what should we, what should we be makpid for? Which chumras? There are so many different chumras to take. Which chumras do you think we should be makpid our specially during our our afiyas hamatzas?" Says Rebbe Yisrael Salanter, quoted here in Source Number Nine. There's a there's an almana that helps out with the matzahs, with the kneading, with the cleaning up afterwards. Make sure you take good care of her and treat her properly. Risrael Salanter's chumra in matzah 
was to make sure that the woman that, who works with the matzahs feels good and is not trampled on. Right, we always have to remember that our mitzvos can't come and step on other people's toes. Whatever mitzvah that we might do, right? Turning the page where Shradron writes, he's seed and he gives a mashal based on a pasuk that he's explaining. Person comes into shul, he starts l'shem yichud. He's such a holy Jew, Baruch Hashem. He's he's full of fire. Kuba mislayv and nimsa balyonus alyonim. He's so high up. He takes his talus. He makes a bracha bekavana atzuma. He takes the dalat confis. He swings it. He flies it over his left shoulder and he whacks somebody in the eye. But he's having kavana atzuma. Do we look who's standing next to us before we put on our talus so that we're not we don't hit somebody by accident, right? Or what if somebody's in davening, line 10, he's davening behislavus, he's saying psuki de zimra, he's saying nishbas kolchai, and he's saying it so loudly that he's disturbing the other people in the shul. Again, it doesn't mean it's, a shul shouldn't be a library. But there's a balance between davening and davening. And sometimes, says our Shadron, we're davening, we're getting into it, but maybe we're bothering other people. Right? Our chumrah of davening can't step on the feet of everyone else. Revisor Zalman, again, quote, his Achleim Bachur, one time, Revisor Zalman, there was a, a Shamish, there was a boy that took care of Revisor Zalman. One night Revisor Zalman told him, he says, you know what, I've decided, it's time for me to start davening Vasikin. So tomorrow I'm going to wake you up, we're going to go to Vasikin together, so uh, just be ready, be ready, I'll wake you. So the boy says, fine, we'll go. The next morning the boy was Berov Hitrakshut, he woke up early and he was just waiting for Revisor Zalman to come in. He was waiting and waiting and waiting and the time kept going and passing. He's like, I guess Revisa Zalman overslept. I don't know. I guess he's did it, decided not to. A little bit later, Revisa Zalman comes in at the normal regular time. That they've always gone to shul. And he asks, what happened? He said, everything okay? He says, I woke up and I was going to go. But then I realized, you know, the the men that daven in the shul where we always daven, I always say good morning to them. I always see how they're doing. They probably feel bad if I don't go, if I don't go there. You know, so it's... It's worth my not davening vasikin to be able to say good morning to those men in shul. Again, a person's only hugim, the sensitivity that he has for others. So the chumrah of the matzahs is to make sure that everybody who helps with the matzahs, you know, is not uh, taken advantage of. Okay, the end of the parsha, we have the parsha two of the parsha of tefillin, but we also have the uh, par- the uh, mitzvah of one of the places. We also have it later on in Sefer Devarim, a pidyon aben. The Torah tells us here in Parak Yud Gimel, Sanctify every firstborn in a person. Firstborn, Peter Rechem. The firstborn of the Rechem. Right, it goes by the mother. Asks Rabbeinu Bachai, quoting the Rashba. Quoting the Rashba. I don't understand. The mitzvah of, I'm sorry, the mitzvah of Pidyon Aben and all the other Bechor mitzvahs are related to Makas Bechoros, earlier in the parsha. The firstborns weren't only the firstborns of the mothers. They were the firstborns of the mothers, firstborns of the fathers, it was the Godel Habayis. There were plenty of, all the t- definitions of firstborns were included in Makas Bechoros. And yet, only a Bechor of the mother is the one that is called upon for the mitzvah of Pidyon Aben. Right? Why is that? Why is it limited? 
Right, he's asked that before that. I'm sorry, before that he quotes the Rashba. Third line. Why? Why? Number one, We know in halacha, a father is based on chazaka. Do we really know who the father is? For sure, we know who the mother is. Mother gave birth to this baby. That you can know by vados. Father, you can't know by vados. Okay, DNA, but the Rabbeinu Bachai says, in halacha, and mother is considered vadai. Number one. Number two, says the Rosh Banao. He quotes, Mori Rabbeinu Shlomo, Shakasav Bazesh Amar Atishkach Isha Ola Baladina Shnei Inyanim. Shainless Tapek Sha'ami Soshem Bene Kalchai. Number one, it's a vadai. Number two, Kishem Shi Yefshar La Laim La Hamiris Bena Baacher, Kach Yefshar La Hamir Yisrael Baamacher. There's a special relationship between a mother and her child. Even deeper than a father. Kodesh Baruch Hu may put that into the Bria. Right? A mother. A mother's love. So why Petarechem? Yes, we could have related this to all firstborns, but Hashem wanted to connect this to B'ni B'chori Yisrael. Right? We are, number one, Vadai connected to Hashem. And number two, the special love and loyalty between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and His Am is specifically between us and HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So even though logically you would have thought it extends, but really he limited it to Petar Rechem, uh, the firstborn from the mother, in order to teach us that this love is certain and this love is permanent and loyal like the love of a mother. We also have at the end of the Parsha, not only Bechar Pidyon Aben, Bechar Behema Tahora, but we also have Petachamor. So I thought we mentioned 10 years ago. I thought I'd mention it again because it's, uh, once I had the Nitziv open relating to the earlier part of this year, so I thought I'd bring this Nitziv again as well. At the end of the parsha we have Petachamor. What is the halacha? Firstborn of a donkey. What do we have to do? We have to switch the Kedusha and onto a set and give the set to a Kohen. If we don't do that, we have to not use the chamor. Right, we have to break the neck. The question is, what, what, what is the message of that breaking the neck? So Rav Hirsch discusses and says, well, maybe it's in general someone who is, uh, thinks that, you know, that they don't have to fulfill the gifts that Hashem wants him to give. They want to try to hoard their property. The message is, don't try to hoard because you're going to lose it anyway. If you're not supposed to have it, Hashem's going to take it away some other way. And that's what's symbolized by, you don't want to give it, so you can't have it anyway. But the Nitziv has a different shot. In source number 12, Laharos Lanu, to teach us, Shebechor hama'abedis kocho, ve'eno rotza gamlios me'heno lanshe ma'ila, az'eno kedai ba'olamo. Hashem gives us all potential. If we don't achieve our potential, then it's tragic. Right? It's not that we should do Half of what? Hey, look what I did. We can't do and focus on what we did. We have to focus on what we could do. This donkey could be used for something special. The status could be changed onto a set and it could be given to a Kohen. It's not used in that way. The message is, lo kedai lo ba'olamo. If somebody has potential, Right, there's even an idea if somebody is learning Torah, but they can learn in a deeper way. That's Bittal Torah. What do you mean they're learning Torah? They're learning what do you mean Bittal Torah? If I can learn in a, in, a, in a qualitatively deeper way, 
that I'm not fulfilling my potential in this area. That's why the Gemara even says, the Achronim point out, Mevatlin Talmatur, Mebnei Mikra Megillah. Mevatlin? Why is that called Bittal Torah? The answer is because Megillah is not the same depths. You have to do it because it's a mitzvah derabanan, and we do it. But it's still called a Bittal, a Bittal that we do. But we have to recognize that we all were given tremendous potential, tremendous kochas by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's our job to, to dig deep down and we work hard in many areas of life. We work hard in our parnasa. We work hard in all areas. We have to work hard in our avodas Hashem. No matter what stage we're at, we have to recognize that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is looking at us to fulfill that potential, those gifts that sometimes we don't even realize we have those powers until we're pushed into a quarter and we have to use it. We have to do our best. And by Hashem, Hashem should give us the siyat of the to, to uh, recognize those gifts and use all of the talents and the gifts that he gives us to the best of our abilities. Um, just schedule, you know, next week, I don't know exactly when this year. Wednesday night I have a wedding, so I'm not going to be able to give this year Wednesday night. But it'll be up uh, at some, some point uh, next week. I'm just not sure exactly uh, when. But I don't think I'm going to be giving it on, uh, on one of the nights. Okay, so we'll, uh, we'll announce it next week.